It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 226. That's right, 226 episodes of the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, Brian, how the hell are you tonight, my friend? Oh, I'm doing well. I am doing well, Ron. This is going to be a special Sunday. Not every time when October rolls by do we do a show on October 2nd. And that's a very special day to me because a good friend of mine's birthday is on October 2nd. So I want to wish him a happy birthday right off the top of the show. Alan Robert, uh, musician, star of Life of Agony, star of Spoiler NYC. Have some upcoming shows in the, upcoming, in the next two months on there. Uh, uh, graphic designer, um, author of, the, uh, uh, of, of so many books at this point. NFT um, creator. NFT creator. Uh, what a man. What a man. Anyway, today's his birthday. So uh, if you uh, so go online and social media, post a photo. Wish him a happy birthday. Ron. Yes. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. You know, it's a uh, it's it's a rainy, nasty uh, weekend. Uh, remnants of Hurricane Ira obviously coming through our area here. Uh, but, you know, thankfully we are not hit as uh as uh, hard as uh, areas down south. So I'm, I'm happy just to be uh, warm and dry and, as always, doing this podcast with you, my friend. But we've also, you know, there also has been a lot of progress in your home because I remember it wasn't that long ago that, you know, just even a drizzle would cause your internet to go out. Um, you know, I don't know if there was the fine folks at uh, Infinity, Xfinity. I don't know who was your uh, clear channel uh, uh, Xfinity has uh, has Fios. stepped up their game, so uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's you know the waterproofers have are keeping the water out of the house. So there's a lot of positive things going on right now. I remember there was a time where if if I could see that the uh, the forecast called for rain, that the likelihood of us doing a show was slim to none. And now I'm not even concerned. No worries whatsoever. In fact, uh, it's time to uh, to tip one back. Let's do. Drink of the week. 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 Brian, what are you drinking this week, my friend? Ron, I'm going to introduce you to a, a, a wheat beer that is very close to my heart from our good friends over at Allagash Brewing Company. Now, these people have provided me some, some very fine hoppy beverages over the years, and this is their tried and true staple. This is the Allagash White. Look at the color on this thing. It is a perfect gold. Um, you know, one time I was, I was very dehydrated. And it looked like this was coming out of me, but no, not anymore. This now is going in. This is Allagash White. It is a wheat beer, balanced citrus, and some spice. Um, I would say it's 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 Allagash's take on a traditional Belgium style wheat beer, brewed with oats and red and wheat, white wheat, oh, red and white wheat, and then spiced with coriander, orange peel, and an undisclosed secret ingredient 
Maybe the amazing Kreskin will be able to figure out what that is. The 5.2% ABB beer is conditioned, which means the beer gets an addition of house yeast and sugar in a can, which adds to the shelf stability and gives it an extra hit of carbonation. Watch me, Ron, as I take a sip of Allagash White. And you're not introducing me, my friend. I'm very familiar with Allagash White. It is a delicious beer. And a, a wise choice for you to bring it to the podcast tonight. So good. Look at this. Even William Esquire chimes in, Allagash White is a good one. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? So you know me, Brian. You know fall, uh, apart from being basic white boy fall, um, mm-hmm. it means coffee that I can mix alcohol into. And that's what I've gone with tonight. I have a nice cup of coffee that I have thrown a shot of Captain Morgan Jacko Blast into it. This is a pumpkin spiced rum, an intensely delicious shot, a Caribbean rum with spice and natural flavors, uh, 60 proof, so a little bit of a kick to it, but I've thrown it into my coffee. Salute to you, my friend. Cheers. What do we got? That's good. You really get the the nice rum flavor. You get the spiciness uh, from the pumpkin spice. Uh, I usually I'll do the, uh, the Evian espresso in my coffee. This may be a new one to go with. Ron, at what point did you just decide to embrace your basicness? You know, it's, it's something that you've helped me work through. You have said to me, Ron, I am the most basic man, you know, be more like Brian. So this is me embracing my basic Brian bitchness. Wow, that actually kind of hurts. <laughs> well, this is what happens when you when you're mean, Brian. Words hurt. Yeah, it's not the fact that I mean. It's if I. It's it's just that sometimes I believe people like yourself start to feel that I have no feelings. You have. And that's feelings. where it hurts. I do you feel, have feelings. Ron. You are a man. You're a sensitive, sensitive man. I would never man. deny that. I am, Ron. But uh, you're also a man who has uh, issues, and let's talk about them. It's beef of the week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Oh, this is going to sound petty. This is going to sound petty AF. My beef of the week, Ron, is with the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff. Really? Some people, um, uh, you know, were aware yesterday I was very fortunate enough to attend the New York Yankee game uh, up at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. We were uh, going up against the Baltimore Orioles. I was very excited as I knew that our star outfielder, Aaron Judge, was going into the series with 61 home runs. I thought that I had an opportunity to witness history. I knew that Judge was going to get at least four at-bats, and I sat there and said, this could be my time, my time to witness something truly historical. And in all at-bats, Aaron Judge did not get one hittable pitch. Mm. Um, I believe he went 0 for 2, two walks, but he was swinging at some terrible pitches just to try to see if he could make contact. And um, robbing me of my chance to be able to say that I watched number 62, now I'm going to have to watch it on TV with all the other people. All like the all the other comic who, folk. Who weren't at Yankee Stadium yesterday, and it truly hurt. 
And um, I, I, what was nice was that it was a very crowded stadium. I would say there was about 40,000 in attendance. And um, as the pitchers were throwing balls to uh, Aaron Judge, uh, I was not alone in uh, vocalizing my displeasure. Uh, the curse words were aplenty. <laughs> um, the anger was real. It was a um, it was a pretty nice wild time up in the Bronx. So Baltimore Orioles pitching staff, f you. There you go. All right. I mean, I I agree with you. You know, very frustrating because we've all wanted to see him uh, break Maris's record, and you had a chance yes. to see it in person, and uh, the the Orioles took that away from you. So they robbed me, without a doubt. Um, What's no, bothering sorry. you, Ron? This week, so I don't know. I don't know if how to put a name to it, but. Again, it's 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 sports related. It's people who consistently do not enter their row on the correct side. So if you're so this week, uh, I benefited the same way you did last week by William Esquire's generosity. Got to go sure. to AEW wrestling down at the Leah Chorus Center on the Temple University campus. Uh, sure. Had some good seats, second row on the floor. Uh, a little bit better than your seats, as my 51% ownership dictates, obviously. Um, so let me ask I you this, Brian. Floor, I don't get floor seats anymore. Brian, you go to a number of sporting events, right? Yes, yes, I do. And you will sit in aisles with everybody else, correct? I, you know, so, it's, it, at sometimes I know that I must sit amongst the masses. So at, at sporting events and concerts and whatnot, yes, I will. I will sit in a common row with other people. Right. So obviously there are seats in the row that are in the middle of the row. And then everything sure. else is to the left and everything else is to the right. So if your seats mm -hmm. are on the left, what side of the row should you enter to get to your seats? I would imagine the aisle that is on the left hand side. And if your seats were on the right where would you then enter? If there is an aisle to the right of my section, I would enter the seats on the right-hand side. So these sons of bitches that were sitting like literally almost on the exact right side kept sure. coming across our seats on the left, constantly oh, walking in front of us as they go in and out. That's and I feel pain. that's just poor form. Yeah, I, that would that would upset me. That would enrage me. Um, at any point, did you consider saying something to these people? Um, I, you know what? I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm here as a guest of William Esquire. Uh, sure. I, I do not I did not want to embarrass him. Um, you know, he is he is well known within the wrestling community. We sure. even had a chance after the card to go down to a bar in, in South Philadelphia and have a few beers with former pro wrestler Blue Meanie Brian Heffron. So it was it was an exciting evening. Uh, this is a valid point. You know, Allie's always bringing the hot commentary is that they just wanted sure. to brush by me each time. Very strong, very strong possibility. You were wearing your podcast hat, I noticed. Always yes. always representing promoting the show, which I which I strongly appreciate. Um, do you think that, that was what caused people to want to be closer to you? It's very possible. It's uh, certainly uh, has drawn people towards me in the past. Um, quick question. Speaking of greatness, hold on. Speaking yeah. of greatness, I just want to let people know, you are all only minutes away from the amazing Kreskin coming on the show We've promoted this. We have let people know. We have said to them, the amazing Kreskin is out there somewhere in America. He, he may want to disclose what state he's in. He may not. We're not sure. But we are only minutes away from the amazing Kreskin appearing on the Ron and Brian podcast show. All right. Do you think we have time to do our NFL locks of the week prior to that? 
I believe we absolutely, because this will set the tone for Kreskin when he comes on, because he will understand that both you and I have the ability to sometimes be able to predict future things as, as you know, we, we like to do every week by predicting our, our, our two NFL locks of the week. All right, well then let's get to it. It's NFL sure. locks of the week. Locks. Brian, uh, kudos to you, my friend. Uh, a 2-0 week. You looked at your games. You saw uh, the Jets, who uh, you were surprisingly on their bandwagon this year. They were getting three and a half points against Pittsburgh. You said the Steelers are not a good team. Uh, no. Proven once again, Jets win 24-20. to And then you looked at Cincinnati at home, uh, two-point favorites against Miami, and said, you know what, uh, Tua cannot play a full game um sure. he's not going to be healthy uh, picked it great again cincinnati wins 27 to 15 bringing you keeping you perfect on the year at eight and oh kudos ron ron i appreciate i appreciate your congratulations but all i am doing is trying to keep up with your torrid streak so far this year um six and oh going into week four of the nfl season you picked two games you said these were the ones you were sure about you felt it inside your soul your essence your spirit you sat there and saw the chargers lose last week and said you know what there's no way they're going to lose to houston they're laying six and a half lay those points chargers winning 34 to 24 then we know you are you have such an affinity towards the sporting teams of your town philadelphia you said the eagles only laying seven against jacksonville they will stay undefeated um, Eagles winning 29 to 21. You too, sir, are now eight and zero on this NFL season. How do you continue to do it? Listen, it's just, you know, I go with my heart. I go with my mind. And sometimes they need to fight it out. And hopefully it won. The right one wins. Amazing. Amazing. Ron, who are you liking in week five? All right. Week five. I'm loving the Eagles still only undefeated team in football. They're going to Phoenix. I say they remain that way. Phoenix minus four. And then Buffalo. Big. I, I usually don't like the big uh, picks. Buffalo minus 13 versus those pathetic Steelers. All right. Wow. Uh, so so on a scale of one to 10, how positive are you about these picks? I'm about a 9.5 right now. All righty. Brian, okay. who do you like this week? This week, I see some things that just are, are so clear to me. The 49ers are laying three and a half against the Carolina Panthers. And I say San Francisco will cover those points. Also, surprising line coming out of Vegas right now. The Miami Dolphins are laying five and a half against the Jets, who have surprisingly um, won several games. Jets plus five and a half. You take those points. All right. So bet with your head, as always, not over it. Those are the locks of the week. And we are very excited now uh, to have a yes. very, very special guest here this evening. Uh, a man who has made a prediction or two in his time. Um, someone who has been in show business over 50 years. I mean, going back to 1972, um, starting with his own TV show. Uh, tons of appearances on The Tonight Show, Late Night with David Letterman. And Howard Stern show late night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, if you saw the movie uh, Dinner with Schmucks, uh, Zach Galifianakis's character, his hero was this man coming on right now, joining us here on the Ron and Brian podcast. Welcome everyone, the amazing Kreskin. Oh, gentlemen, what is 
Brian and and Brian, it's good to good day. Listen to I can hear you all evening. You you you've known each other for quite a while. Is that true? Uh, that's very yes. true. Yes. How long has it been? Uh, we've known each other what about twenty eight years now since college. Uh, I would absolutely. I would say I I believe it's going on twenty nine. You know, you know I I, I uh, every once in a while I get to talk to people I haven't seen for a while, and you know I'm eighty seven years old and. Uh, been performing uh, most of my life. The, the airline industry, by the way, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, just before the, uh, the, the the whole shutdown of our, our broadcast industry and everything else, they figured out that I had, uh, in my career at that point, flown a, a total of a little over three and a half million miles. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Flying is... I have to tell you, three and a half million miles of flying is not the joy that it once was because, and, and it's not their fault. It's the technical. I used to always, most of the time uh, in my career, I used to fly with, in the cockpit with the pilots because they wanted to talk about what was going on. You know, and but you can't do that. You can't anymore because of the security and whatever. I understand that. So there's a little something I miss in the whole industry these days. <laughs> But you're still out there. You're on tour right now, isn't that correct? Yes, I am. I uh, I announced uh, I announced uh, about a month and a half ago uh, my retirement, and I said I'm firm about this. It'll be four days after I pass away. So I have an <laughs> intention of staying in this business a lot of a bit of time. You know, I've been this been my whole life. This has been an adventure for me because if I, if I I I've written 21 books, and uh, the books are not. You know, how to books, their books of my experiences, because, you know, five and a half years spending much of my time in Saudi Arabia and then on and on. The stories are endless. And then something that uh, people don't know too much about and only with a recent booklet do I come out with. I've worked on uh, over 150 crime cases working with police in different parts of the United States. And I uh, this is nothing. So I did not done it for publicity. My brother was a policeman for He's gone now, but 18 and a half years. And uh, I have a tremendous respect because we're really in need. We're, I think, right now, and, and this this is not prejudice. We're just we're in, des- in desperate need of adequate uh, uh, security because the, street, the streets now are no longer safe. You can't walk in New York City at night. And I love New York City. I jog 20 minutes every night, but I, you, can't, I, you just cannot walk in the city. And that's true in many cities now. Even during the daytime, you don't feel comfortable? No, I feel comfortable. In the daytime, okay. I'm fine. All right, I'm fine. but nighttime, you choose not to. Yeah, but no, but it's, it's the evening is not comfortable at night because you can't. You, I, I love the nights. I'm a, I'm a passionate person. Uh, I don't usually go to bed until 3.30 in the morning, and I read four books. Uh, everybody know, that knows me personally. Knows, I read four books uh, a day or a night because I just have, so my library is over eight thousand books. Because a lot of people will send me a book and want a review to you know put it for what it's worth, and it may not be worth that much. But the fact my name's on it is kind of nice to know. <laughs> have you embraced the digital books, the e-books, or are you still a fan of the physical uh, 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 copy of a book to read? I read. I read a. I read a, a, a book. Uh, it takes me to read a novel. I, I. I don't usually talk about. It, it takes me about eighteen minutes to, to twenty minutes to read a novel, and uh, and and I don't mean skim read because I. I 
I've been reading all my life. But uh, in fact, uh, when I was uh, a kid, uh, which is some being 87 years old, some time ago, I, uh, I, 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 my library was literally a half a block from my house. So coming back from school, I go to the library and read and read and read and read. And it finally reached a point because the, the librarians would, would, would call me and say, we've ordered this book for you because they, they order a book they thought might be of interest to me. So finally at age 18, I went into the uh, adult library in, in, in Colwell, New Jersey, because at that time, by then I had read every single solitary book in the Children's Library. <laughs> I just I just love to read, and I wow. and I and I uh, I don't I don't impress people with this my speed of reading. Thank God I could, but if people want to understand something a little bit, they say, Chris, well, how I've talked to a lot of uh, professors, and how do you how can you read so fast? Well, think about this: when you think of the word uh, uh, walking, you can kind of almost see it in your mind. And we see some words, uh, you know, uh, uh, Indianapolis very, very quickly. After a while, if you really handle it in such a way, you can hear the word almost instantly and then see more of the paragraph and what have you. I, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but that's kind of the secret to what happened with me because I was reading so much and I wasn't in a hurry to read. I, I just love words. I love to read. My books uh uh, they made me a cure for insomnia, but I still enjoy writing. <laughs> yeah, one thing I got to tell you, and and I, one the one thing that's disappeared, disappearing in our culture today, as I'm sure you guys have discussed, is our humor. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at comedians, including uh, some very famous comedians, who will, uh, a couple of them have often said they would never perform in a university again. Never as long as they live. And the reason I'm sure you already know about, because many of the universities today, to, and I'm talking about major universities, and I, I couldn't believe this they were telling me this because I've performed in 5,000 universities in, this, in the United States and in Canada. But uh, now to go to a lot of these universities, if you're a comedian, you have to hand them your script and they edit the script and you must edit those jokes out of it. And they said to me, uh, well, we don't work that way. When I was a kid, and uh, I, we didn't have television in those days. Across the street was a movie theater, and I I loved to go there and see the westerns, and then I'd see all the news broadcasts and the black and white news and what have you. And I can remember seeing the president slamming his hand on his leg, laughing, even if there was no sound then, because maybe they were talking about a story. And it was Roosevelt, because mm -hmm. Bob was mocking everything in sight, part sure. of the weaponry. In, in difficult times is our humor. And today, for comedians, I'm sure you, you talked about this in many times, comedians will not work in certain settings because people will go in there as a special group of four and six and suddenly stand up in the middle of a joke and start complaining. And they say, Christ, we don't need this. Our culture's changed in that way. I'm not, I don't mean oh, to be absolutely. I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. No, it's 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 fascinating because there, you know, we have is we have reached a point where, um, you know, to reach a wide audience, you re you you really have to go out of your way to make sure that there's nothing, no content that you're putting out that might offend any group. You know, uh, interesting as you as you mentioned that to his credit, 
And I, you know, I've performed with all of them. And Carson was very important in my life. I did, I did 88 shows with him, so I got to know him pretty well. But uh, he had a very rigid uh, control over his staff. The most successful Tonight Show host, of course, of the mole. But uh, uh, he could hear every single order that was given over the uh, microphones that each of the cameras had. His mind was so trained to that, but he avoided totally uh, uh, political humor because he felt felt that he would lose half the audience. Sure. Now, today, today, where the Tonight Shows have lost millions of viewers, millions of viewers, and they they all tell me that each of the shows have lost millions of viewers. A lot of them have taken so much taken political sides and I, I wonder if they ever stopped to think that maybe it's not the healthiest thing to do I'm not uh, knocking anyone's uh, ability to take on a, a political position because they have a right to do sure. it, you folks have a right to do it but for humor it sometimes loses something you know <laughs> of course you brought up uh, you brought up Johnny Carson we were going to see how long we could go before either of us asked the question oh. <laughs> what was it like working with Johnny because you know you hear so many stories um, and obviously, you know, Ron and I are of the age um, and most of our listeners are where we grew up watching The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. You know, it was one of those treats where, you know, your parents would sit there and say, all right, you know what? We'll let you stay up late. It's a you know, it's a it's a Thursday night. You know, you have school tomorrow, sure. but we'll let you stay up late and you, you can watch some of it and whatnot. Um, and he pretty much was, you know, in, in he, he was he was a guest in almost everybody's living room. Uh, you know, it was one of those times, and I think it's one of the, uh, you know, you were talking now uh, about offending people, but back then it was some, you know, we had something in common. You know, everybody would show up, the, you know, the next day at school, and we all would have watched similar TV shows, or you'd show up to work and you all watched, you know, had watched The Tonight Show because you had four channels to choose from and whatnot. But one of the yeah. things that you heard growing up and, you know, uh, you know uh, the years of adult was that Johnny was very difficult to work with if he didn't like you. And somehow, you know, the, you look at the number of appearances you had. Clearly, the man was a fan. Well, I'm going to tell you something that the public does, did not know about this until about uh, two months ago. Uh, Carson never allowed his guests, even if he was close friends with them or he worked with them and so forth, never allowed him in his dressing room before the show. No way. And the reason was very clear. Because as he, he said to me once when we were talking quietly, maybe before the show or after the show, he says, you know, Creskin, so-and-so was on tonight and it was some popular comedian. He said, we're, we've known each other a long time. Can you imagine if I, I, I said, oh, how are you? Come on back here and say hello. And during their conversation, the comedian says something that's funny. He says, Creskin, even though it was funny, and I thought it was, it's never as funny the second time when you're mm-hmm. asked to on the air so he used such wisdom there it was the damnedest wisest thing now, i got to tell you a story that most people don't know they now they know about it finally got out uh before uh, uh johnny uh, uh had the tonight show a gentleman whom i admired and got to know pretty well steve allen had the show and uh, in fact steve allen before he died said to me Kreskin, you had you, had, you were close to him you got to do his life story because this man's going to be forgotten and what have you. But anyway, I, I haven't thought in terms of doing a biography, but like something has to be done. But anyway, let me tell you, so Steve Allen now leaves the Tonight 
show and he's he's in Los Angeles. He started doing a show late at night. I remember as a kid in my teens, I was already performing and getting paid for my shows, but but I I'd watch him if I was not working that night and so forth and see him. So anyway, uh, one night uh, Carson has me on and uh, uh, so forth and so forth. And Steve Allen says to his crew, uh, let's fly him in and get him on the show here. I'm, 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 he's gonna, he's on, it's a later show and what have you. So I'm flown to Los Angeles. I think the show went, went on at 10.30 or 11 at night. I don't remember which. But anyway, as I'm, I'm there, I'm saying, you know, I've met Steve Allen before and so forth. But this is the first time I'm doing his late night, nighttime show. How about instead of, uh, instead of, uh, my, my, my uh, you know, him introduced me and so on, telling me background. Let me walk on and just say hello to him uh, as he says, here's Chris. And so they said, that's fine, Chris, whatever's comfortable. Now, I am introduced, Steve Allen says, you know this gentleman, you've watched him on with Johnny. Welcome, Kreskin. I wasn't called the amazing Kreskin then. Uh, Carson gave me that uh, sometime later. Now, I'm walking on like a stupid fool who knows it all. I'm looking at the audience. And in those days, the moving cameras had six lights around them and the lights were damn bright. And the guys on the other side of the camera, because Carson's, uh, uh, Steve Allen's at the other end of the stage. It's an old fashioned stage. And I'm walking towards him, but I'm watching the audience foolishly looking out at the camera and these bright lights are hitting me. So I get just about three steps from Steve Allen, trip over the dais and fall flat on my face because my family oh. up my career. So anyway, Steve says to me, all right, Chris. I said, yeah, I'm fine. He gave me over 35 minutes of the show, I guess, that night. Well, bottom line is that Johnny Carson had a character called Karnak. He was a very popular character. Of course. Carson saw a mentalist, and he saw my name, was going to be on the show. So he he, he always uh, recorded his shows in the afternoon. So he's sitting with his wife watching the show, and he sees the whole incident, my falling over sober. Eight weeks later, from then on, when Karnak came on the show, he toppled over the table and hit right. the table. And it was yeah. that topper of me. And I remember the That's last right. show of Johnny because I knew I knew we weren't the show was going to they were announce the ending of the series in a month or two. I said, you know, Johnny, you've been so good to me all the years, and and we've worked so. I said, you even bring to my uh, to your audience's attention yours truly when I'm not even on. He says, oh, the mighty Karnak, huh? <laughs> so that's how the character came about. That's great. That's great. You mentioned earlier. You you used the word mentalist earlier now that is um you've made it a very big um uh point during uh, your career that you are not a psychic the predictions that no. you've made over your lifetime are not based yeah. on some type yeah. of um uh, uh abstract uh entity that that lives within you what if you can tell our our, our viewers what exactly is a mentalist and well, how do you use those powers for good i use the term mentalist i never wanted uh, to, uh, to, to cause people to believe that I had some kind of special powers or what have you. But the good thing yet, even today, in spite of all the restrictions today and the uh, that's the networks have, some of which are uh, with, a, with, with a tremendous control, as I'm sure you're aware about, that mm -hmm. China has, as, as close as they are. By the way, 
China believes that they will take over this country, uh, the, the networks within eight to 12 years. That's the time they give now. They've given a longer time. When I first wrote about it, because I've written a 20 books five, five years ago, one of my books, I, I, I could see that this was the plan and what have you, that they were going to try to control things and what have you. But I, I never, so we, I, one thing we have in this country, and that is we have the, uh, the, the right to express our opinion. I never made any false claims. But I have to say this, I happen to believe within my heart and soul that I have a, I, I am gifted and I'm in blessed with a, a gift that I want to just share with my audiences. That's not claiming anything at all. But, you know, the other thing you might say, because my degrees in psychology when I was going to see the whole all that jazz, uh, you might say, you know, this proves that Creston really probably had to see a psychiatrist much of his life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway. But, and I had an office. Can you believe it? I had an office for, uh, I was performing already because I started performing uh, in my, uh, uh, what was in uh, uh, sixth, seventh grade and what have you. But I uh, had an office. A psychologist came to me, Dr. Hansen. He's no longer with us. He said, you know, I've seen you work on the stage. I, I'd be willing to give you an office in my, I, I don't have a degree yet, Dr. Hansen. He says, no, but you can handle the way you handle people's responses, I think you can add to my work. And that was one of the great, great gifts of my life, to be able to work with a clinical man, a fabulous clinical psychologist. Uh, for eight years after that, I got so busy in my professional, my performing career. He said, you know, you, you can't do both. You go on with your career, what have you. My life has really been, I, I got to tell you, uh, Ron and Brian, it's been an adventure. It really has. But ultimately, isn't that the goal of life, is to have an adventure? You certainly have had one. Yeah, and I and I uh, the, the things that have taken place. By the way, if I am I allowed to show up one of the books I've written? I just, of course, of course, we would like you to plug away. It's called The Adventures of the Amazing Chris, and it's it's the only it's one of the few soft cover ones I put together. But uh, we put together this is my la my, my most recent book, but we put together incidents in my life that a lot of people didn't know because they didn't know of my work with uh, law enforcement and what have you that that's that's another story in itself however i gotta show you a picture in all my performances you probably know about it uh, uh, i have a feature if it's unless the show's only a half an hour or 45 minutes but my shows are usually an hour and a half or two hours what have you i oh. i gather a group of strangers from the audience four or five people hand them my check and I leave the theater under two, two people take me out of the theater or if it's in a state fair from uh, sometimes I have, have 8,000 people in an audience, they'll take me inside and guard me. And the committee hits my hides my check anywhere in the entire theater or if it's outdoors in a way that's part, part of the audience, what have you. And when I return, I don't ask any questions, what have you, but I have an agreement uh, and no one speaks to me. If I don't find my check, I forfeit my fee. It goes back to the organization that booked me, and the show is for free. And I have failed. Uh, um, uh, it's about, I guess it's about, it's 11 or 12 times. That's not many out of a, a 4,000, four or 5,000 times. But I have to show you, this really happened. I was performing in the theater at a university, 
and it was an old theater and they had booths at the second level where you, people, when they came to the theater years ago, would sit in the booths and maybe the whole family would sit together or f- friends and they'd watch the show slightly elevated over part of the edge of the audience or what have you. And I come to the, find myself walking up to the second floor and find myself coming to a booth and reaching out because lamps were attached to each of the booths, I guess, to shine on the stage better. Stupidly enough, and I, I reached over to try to get grab a bulb that was at the end of a long extension and fell out of the booth. I'm one story high, and there you see a picture of me. Uh, I don't know if you can, does it show up there? That, um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, hanging out of it. But, and, but fortunately, I could have broken my neck, broken my back. It would have been the end of my career. But a man sitting with his family, I'll never forget this as long as I live, swung his arm out as I fell out and caught his hand under my belt. And there I hung, sweat hanging in space. He saved wow. critical thing. So I've had some crazy instances <laughs> in my life. We are very glad that he caught you. So now, uh, <laughs> kind of jumping back to some, some of your predictions, you, you famously predicted in, on Jimmy Fallon, you predicted the, uh, the 2012 uh, presidential election, uh, the 2016 Super Bowl, you had three, uh, three predictions. And uh, also you predicted uh, Donald Trump uh, being elected to the presidency yeah, he, um, 11 months prior. <laughs> well, let me tell you the things I can't explain. I cannot explain is um, this. I must have been. This has got to be sixty years ago, fifty, sixty years ago, because I was in. I think I was in high school, being in college then. But I overslept. I never ever overslept in my life. I go to bed three thirty or four, and I wake up when I when I set my mind to it, and so forth. And uh, I uh, woke up, and my road manager for that for some reason was not going to be with me that day couldn't come with me and i jumped up and i said to my mom i said mom i just gotta have some cereal let me get to my car so i lived in new i live in new jersey and caldwell i got on the car and drove to the airport now in those days you didn't go through security there was nothing like mm-hmm. like that. drove i drove into the city took a detour and went a different way, which was asinine of me. But then I, I never usually drove to my shows. I, I my road manager drove me, so I get to the uh, to the uh, where the uh, airport is, and uh, I get out of my car, park my car, and you don't go through security. And I walked with my two suitcases in to the uh, uh, where you check in, and they knew me because sometimes I'm there three or four days in a week, and I say, "Here's my luggage, gentlemen." This is the ticket. And they said, Kreskin, you're going to have to hurry. Gave him the ticket. I ran outside, ran through a, a, a kind of a, it looked like a driveway, but it was where the entrances were. Walked in, walked up to the gate where it said the gate, in time to see my plane take off. Mm. Well, I'm damn disgusted with myself. I'm walking back, not, not in any hurry. Walking back to the guys and gals who I've known, I knew for already for a few years. They said, "Question, we didn't know if you'd make it, but we thought, knowing you, as you sometimes run, you get to it, but you wait, you missed your flight. We can get, get you another flight that will land in, in in a city and then connect and go to the city you're going to where you're performing tonight." I said, "See, that's fine." My luggage took off on the plane. Mm-hmm. Now I get to the connecting area. 
I get and, and I land there. I, I get the connecting flight. I'm on my way, and I land in town, and everything's fine. They pick me up. The people at the nightclub were appearing, and I get there, have some dinner, and then it's time for me to go on. And the place is fortunately sold out, what have you. And I'm I can't dress in my tuxedo. I can't dress at my best. My clothes are where they are. You know, flight never got to me. And I'm being introduced. Just as a voice says, here is Kreskin. The doors in my my uh, dressing room open up, and two police walk in. And I'm thinking, gentlemen, I'm going on stage. They say, you're Kreskin, aren't you? I said, yes. They said, we knew by your name on your luggage. We didn't know where to contact you. We called your house, and they said uh, where you were going and we drove here an hour and a half because it's not that far. We thought this should be your luggage. It's a good thing wow. you missed the flight. I said, what do you mean? They said, Kreskin, the plane did not get here. be crashed. And you would not have It's the only time in my life. I mean, I, I've missed flights because of, miss, uh, of other situations, but not the only time I've ever missed a flight. And to this day, I wonder about that. Hmm. That's amazing. So you got a, you've got a couple of near misses between that and, <laughs> and the guy catching your belt. You know, but that was that was the crazy thing. Can you imagine something like that? You know, <laughs> I, well, I, I we are we are very glad. Yes, we're very glad you missed the plane that day. I, the time when I was almost murdered, uh, I was working with Doctor Hanson, and uh, he, I was I came to his office. No, I, I, but I, I, I'm in my office by myself, not his office. You don't interrupt a clinical psychologist who's working with patients. But I heard someone shout, and I opened the door. I said, Harold, are you there? Nobody answered. And I walked over to his office, which was a large, much larger office, what have you. I said, Harold, can I come in? And nobody answered. I opened the door, and there was Dr. Hansen standing and his patient was standing in front of him. The patient had hidden, hid Dr. Hansen uh, and I almost knocked him out, but he was holding onto the table. And the patient was coming over to do me in. Really? And, you wow. hear, and there's no question that's what he intended to do because he intended to kill Dr. Hansen, but he was going to do me in. And when this was all over, Hansen said to me, as he said many times through the years, because he and I were very close, he says, you have my permission to tell that story anytime you want. Here a guy, this big lug is coming towards me with his hands in front of me. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Six minutes later, that man and I were sitting on the floor and he was playing with a dog he had some 15, 18 years earlier in his life, hugging it. And, and I created a hallucination so that he was seeing the dog and it calmed him down until the officials came and took him out of him. So wow. some of us I can tell you are crazy. <laughs> I didn't, I'm, I'm talking too much. I'm sorry. No problem. No, so, no, uh, that's exactly why you're here, sir. We want to hear you. I, I've been well, I listening to Ron's voice for 30 years. You guys interest me because it's, you, you have a good communication. It seems like... A, you almost, you almost intuitively know how each other think. I, I, that's all I can say. 
Brothers from another mother me. right here. Yes. It scares me sometimes what uh, the way Ron thinks. So now you are, uh, you're actually going to be uh, appear. You're going to be appearing live in uh, Keyport, New Jersey uh, in a couple of weeks on October 22nd uh, at the Town and Country Inn. Uh, what can people expect if they come out to that show on October 21st? Let me, 21st? Tell you Let me I, didn't, I didn't finish the example I gave you. Sorry. If my check is hidden wherever I'm performing within the confines of the theater so the audience can be a part of it, not outside the theater, what have you. And... Uh, I was performing at this university in the Midwest and uh, it was not a theater. We were in a gymnasium. It turns out because it was family weekend, there were more people there that could fit in the theater and they they did put my show into the gymnasium and people were sitting on rugs on the floor and pillows and sitting the bleachers and everything else. It was fine. I, was, I, I, I think it was kind of a neat situation. Now my check is hidden. I'm outside the theater guarded by two guys. They bring me back in. I said, gentlemen, don't speak to me except mentally. I want you to talk to me mentally and just concentrate on how I'm going to get to the, I said it's one of the people, to the person. I'm walking through the audience, tripping over people because people are sitting on the floor and I'm trying to pay attention so I don't step on anyone. And I finally freeze and turn and look at someone. It's an elderly gentleman. I thought, well, if he's not a professor, he's probably one of the parents here. I said, sir, would you stand? Would you open your mouth? No check. I said, sir, I'm, I apologize. It was an asinine thing for me to do. If I could just leave you now. And I walked away and went back to the stage and said, can I pick one other the rest of the four of you? Because I just guess, I guess my thought patterns were not that clear. Would you concentrate? I walk again. One of the memorable moments, I wish a camera had been there. I suddenly freeze. I turn. I'm looking at the same gentleman. I said, sir, if I embarrass you, would you just sit down? It ends it, and my check has gone back to the people, the, the, the school that booked me here. Would you open your mouth? He does. I said, this is, does this have anything to do with the roof of your mouth? One of the classic moments in my life. He reached in his mouth, took out his upper plates, and handed me my check. Wow. So, wow. You heard some of the places they've been <laughs> Anyway. So as I say, my life's in it. I don't mean to break. I love my work. I have a great passion for what I do. Without a doubt, and that definitely uh, definitely comes through. Well, we definitely uh, appreciate you having come on the podcast. This is really I'm we, we, I'm the time. no, 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 no. This was great. No, this was fantastic. Uh, you know, we've done 226 of these episodes. I think this is definitely uh, one of my favorites uh, with having you on. Um, so again, you know, uh, you can find out more about the amazing Kreskin on amazingkreskin.com. Uh, his podcast, Kreskin's Amazing Experiences, and as we mentioned. Um, he is going to be live uh, in Keyport, New Jersey on October 21st. Tickets available at AmazingPreskin.com. Is it too early to ask you for a 2024 presidential prediction? I'd rather not right now, but I, in, the, in the near future, I'd like to say why, because then I can make some other predictions. I Now, it's not too early. It's just that uh, this is a, a difficult time. I, am, I love this if country. You're, and, and if and, you're and not comfortable, 
Pardon me, if, sir? Of course, God, of course, God bless America. And speaking of America, um, if you're not comfortable making a prediction for the presidential election yeah. in 2024, yeah. are you willing to or do you feel any any leanings or tendency for who is going to win the Super Bowl bet between Ron and I? <laughs> I, in, in February of 2023 is to determine who will be the leader of the podcast show. Right now, Ron has won two years in a row. I'm, Ron, you know, we, Ron, we Ron is the leader of your show? Ron, uh, Ron yes. is the leader. He, he the owns 51%. You are, you? The, the, no, you know Ron what? owns 51%. This is I why I make Brian do all the work, because I'm in, I'm, I'm in but charge. You work, but you work together, don't you? Now listen, of course, of course. Let's, Let's put a hole on this because I'll try to make sure I get maybe I can get back to you in a in just a couple of weeks because I have some some, some things yes. dramatic about talking about the future. But I, I just want to say this to, to, to you folks and uh, I I I don't say goodbye. I said it for many years when I found out the the meaning of goodbye. It's just two 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 ending things. So if you don't mind, I I, I just want to say to you folks that I something I've said in all my broadcast and television, and that is. To be continued, be the good Lord will, and we'll see. So I love we'll that. See. I love that. And we'll by the way, I want to promise something, folks. If I come on and I'm not in person with it in the studio, I won't tell you which, but I'm not sure with any wisdom I should read a certain person's thoughts. I'm only joking, guy. I'm <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. <laughs> You've got an open invitation to come back whenever. So, uh, as to, as you say, we won't say uh, we won't say goodbye. We will say until next to be time. Continued. God, Godspeed, gentlemen. Good. All right. Thank you. you, sir. I feel like I've known you Same for here. a long time. Same here. Thank be you. well, sir. Be well. Thank you. All right. Well, that was as amazing Absolutely as we thought it was going to be. I, I'm, I'm a amazing. happy man. I'm a happy oh, man. Great storyteller. Um, a lot of great uh, information. I mean, again, I like you said, I remember him from my youth watching him on the Tonight Show back in the 70s. And sure. you saw him on Letterman and all that. But to have him here physically on the podcast, um, again, very exciting. Just wild. Absolutely wild. Now, you know what um, else is exciting, Brian? Um, I believe you have an announcement to make to some of our Patreon folks. Oh, Yes. I do, and I'm and, and I'm surprised Crushing was not able to uh, uh, foresee this. Last week, on our Patreon, on After Dark, the show that we do after this podcast, we had a pajama party, which is something we do at the the last Sunday of every month. We invite our Patreon subscribers at the aluminum, no, a bronze level, bronze at the bronze level or higher. We invite those people. On to the After Dark with us. We call it the Pajama Party. We talk about, you know, things, and we play a game called Can You Beat Ron? This past week, we were unable to play Can You Beat Ron because I was personally in grieving over the loss of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, I was so compelled that I had to go to London for the weekend to show my respects. Um, but I didn't feel right at the end of last week's episode. I didn't feel that we had accomplished um, all that we should have. I feel like we had cheated our Patreon subscribers by not having a Can You Beat Ron? And there's only one way to make that up to our Patreon subscribers, and that is to do a Can You Beat Ron tonight in After Dark 
So this is kind of like when we do a rampage and a dynamite, nice. but only we're, we're doing rampage only for a select few. You have to be a Patreon subscriber at the bronze or higher level. Come on the show tonight. Bring some pieces of paper. We are doing a Can You Beat Ron? I will be sending out a link momentarily. $25 to the charity of your choice if you get more questions correct than the man sitting over here, Smart Ron B. There you go. There you go. Uh, a few stories to get to. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here. And, and Brian, sure. I have been fascinated, absolutely fascinated this week by the pro fishing um, scandal yes. that has broken out. Um, I'm sure if you if you have been on Twitter, if you have been on TikTok, TikTok. if you yep. have been on Friendster, if you have been on Prodigy, if you've been on AOL, you've seen that two competitors were accused of stuffing their fish with weights at an Ohio pro fishing event, uh, which allowed them to cheat their way to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of winnings for the heaviest catch. Now, first of all, I did not realize pro fishing was paying out that type of cash. First and foremost, correct, correct. Um, and also, I mean, the it's genius in its simplicity because you have to figure they're not the only people stuffing weights in their fish. Correct. But I, what, listen, listen. Wait, so ever since I was in junior high school and I was feeling rather inadequate with my manhood, um, I've been stuffing weights in my fish. <laughs> but like you see the video, and and I think what probably caught people's eye was the fact that they they not just won the tournament they won by like I, I guess the way it goes is you have a certain amount of time to go fish and then you can, you can only keep certain size fish and then they weigh your entire catch at the end and whoever has the most weight is the winner well they had like the, their weight was double the amount of the second place team but the number of fish that they had caught wasn't significantly higher. And right. so I think that's where it became like a uh, or kind of a red flag. And so then, you know, tournament officials started to cut open the fish and started pulling out like uh, little metal balls. There was also um, uh, fish fillets like they cut up other fish and stuffed fish into the fish. Mm -hmm. We heard you love fish. So we put fish inside your fish, dog. Um, but just, sorry, I went, I went a little exhibit right there, pimping, I pimping your fish, but this, the, but the, the way that people reacted on the video, like they oh, wanted so these fishermen arrested, beaten and or killed. I saw police talking to them. I yeah. mean, and I don't know if they were there to protect the fishermen from the other, uh, fishermen. But it was um, it felt it felt like there was going to be violence at any moment. Like I mean, Reginald Reginald Denny looked safe by comparison during the <laughs> riots compared to these two guys at this um, uh, fishing event. I mean, it is. I mean, in a way, it is fraud. You would have to say, like, because of the way of they, they've cheated. Um, and, and and won cash prizes. I mean, they're shockingly, you know, the world of professional. Fishing, I guess. Pro okay, I fishing. That's the term. Pro fishing. I mean, there is a significant amount of money. I mean, I guess there's a lot of sponsors that will will put money out there. But um, 
Holy cow. I was listen, I think that, you know, we, we, we live in such a world now where there is so much mock outrage. There's so much fake anger that you see on social media, you know, uh, that, you know, you, you sit there and you, you know, is disingenuous. You know that it's been manufactured simply for for clicks and views and likes and, and whatnot. Um, this was real. This you could this was palpable. This was violence was, was had potential at any moment. Yeah, it's uh, I and I I will I will follow this until the story ends. Like this is well, this is my Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. This pro fishing scandal now takes that place in my life. Ron, you will follow this until the next scandal, which will right. probably be sometime on Wednesday. That's where fair. We will have all moved on to something else. That is a fair statement. Um, Speaking other- of moving on to something, no, I was just going to do my Manscaped read, but I decided <laughs> that I'm not going to do um, it. So, uh, obviously, you know, Hurricane Ian hit Florida um, last week. But prior to that, a few days prior, a man in Florida went missing after he attempted to jet ski from Florida to the Bahamas. Now, apparently, uh, and I knew it wasn't that long a distance, but it is, um, it's 115 miles uh, to the Bahamas from where he left in Pompano Beach. But that is a lot to go. Like, I I mean, I've written a jet ski. Is it possible a jet ski had that much fuel to go 115 miles? I don't think that's possible. It's possible that he was lugging additional fuel which could have um, slowed him down in the end. I mean, I would imagine that before he took off, he had made sure that he had enough fuel for 115 miles. Well, this um, is a Florida think, man. You can't take anything for granted. Methamphetamines. <laughs> but I think the thing you have to take into consideration is that he may have failed um, to kind of understand the water currents, the severity of uh, of waves. Right. You know, when you're out there in the open ocean, a jet ski may not be made you know, uh, uh, to go, uh, you know, 50 miles outside. Yeah. I mean, you flip that thing over, you take on water. I mean, and there is, you know, don't you mean water? You take on wood. And again, I'm sure like, I mean, you don't have like a a radio. I mean, if you had a cell phone, it's going to get wet easily. Like they never find this guy's body. Right. Like that just never, never, never happens. Never. This guy is done. All right. And what other horrible stories do we have? Oh, let's let's do this one. The uh, the Amber Alert teenager who ends up getting uh, shot and killed by police. This was the story of the day on. I think it was Friday morning, um, right before the fishing uh, scandal took over and distracted everyone. But um, a, uh, a a father of a teenage girl immediately. Um, uh, is wanted by the police after the girl's mother is found shot to death in her home. The girl is missing. Uh, you know, they track down the guy's car. They find him speeding on a highway. Police start a police chase. Chase. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> sure. The police. The police then engage this guy. Start driving. Um, he crashes the car, but not you know a life threatening damages gets out of the car with guns blazing, is immediately shot by the police officers at the same time that the daughter who had gone missing comes out of the car also wearing tactical gear. Um, Some police officers viewed her as a threat. Some, uh, you know, uh, those on social media are claiming that she was actually fleeing the car for um, safety 
to make a long story short, she was shot to death by the police. Right. Um, who then uh, attempted to blame uh, her, her shooting on her. Uh, because she was running towards them. Um, some officers also accused her of possibly firing back at them, even though she was unarmed. Um, what but- I got a, such a kick out of on this story was the fact that about two hours after she's dead, the, um, the oh, county yeah. police officer's Twitter account um, updates their previous tweet on the Amber Alert by letting everybody know that the Amber Alert for this girl has been... Um, concluded the case has been closed. There is no more active ambler for her. And Twitter goes ablaze oh, pointing out to this police department yeah. that the reason this Amber Alert is over is because the police shot and killed the missing girl. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department has now notified the California Department of Justice uh, that the girl's death could qualify um, under a statute called AB 1506, which requires the state justice department to investigate cases when, quote, the death to the unarmed civilian is caused by a California police officer. So I feel uh, with the traction that this has gotten in the media, uh, the California DOJ will be taking a long, hard look at this. Um, I really hope so. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel when you kill someone that's been kidnapped, that's wrong. I feel we should be able to agree on that. I get. Well, I think you know, when the cops do it, it's wrong. But somehow, if 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 you and I were to have have, have encountered her on the street and killed her, I think we should be heralded. <laughs> you think so, huh? Yes, absolutely. Right, Why not? Okay. That's fair. I think we've earned that, right? All right. I mean, listen, people love Ron and Brian. Ron, we had a tragic, tragic celebrity death. We did. Uh, it was heartbreaking to hear that rapper Coolio uh, passed away uh, at the age of 59. Um, yep. First shooting to prominence with his hit uh, Gangster's Paradise uh, in the uh, coming from the Michelle Pfeiffer movie Dangerous Minds, was it? Yes. Um, um, I thought it was Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, different movie. If you watch the uh, original Dangerous Liaisons, and this is completely off topic, uh, very, very nice uh, topless Uma Thurman scene in that movie. Really? I never thought that she was a uh, chesticle person. Uh, You know, the role called for it, Brian. Okay. I knew she I knew she had no problem going um, uh, naked feet. I know that Tarantino insisted on that um, and she didn't even um, hesitate. Um, to show her naked feet. She was in a she was in a love triangle in that movie with John Malkovich and Keanu Reeves, if I remember. Now the question is, where in what direction was that triangle? Were they were the two men going after her, yes. or was she and John Malkovich trying to go after Keanu Reeves? No, the, she was torn. She was torn between John Malkovich, a man of stature, and uh, torn Keanu, between Keanu Reeves, two a, a simple, a simple man, a commoner. You know, it was a period piece. Uh, but go see Dangerous Really Isn't. Don't see the remake with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Trash, Gellar. straight trash. I, go see question. the original. How, how, how do we get off of Coolio so quickly? Let's let's pay homage to Coolio. Gangster's Paradise, um, Fantastic Voyage, uh, mm-hmm. one, two, three, a uh, bunch of hits. I mean, just and passing away again of a suspected cardiac arrest at the age of fifty-nine, dying in the bathroom too, which is you know, yet of places to die. I hope I don't die in the bathroom. That's how my mom went. Is it? 
heart attack in the bathroom. Heart attack in the bathroom. That's uh, the worst part about it when you think about it. And I, I, I say this in a non, um, you know, emotionally attached way is like there's a lot of hard um uh, 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 I, I don't want to say furniture, but furnishings. Hard, you know, like like you, like you go down and slam against the uh, uh, toilet. It's going to do some damage. You just drop, and you you know you hit off the kitchen sink or you know the side of the bathtub. That's going to do. That's going to break some bones. I thought you were going to say the tragic thing was that your mother's rap career really never ever took off. <laughs> and why do you have a why do you have a kitchen sink in your bathroom? I meant the bathroom sink, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's a big ass sink. That's the problem. If you have a kitchen sink in your bathroom, that's half your problem right there. It's one of those utility sinks that you would find in a uh, in a janitor's closet. Can I just say uh, something real quick? Uh, say Jack, anything. Captain Morgan, Jacko Blast will get you cranked up and get you going, my friend. I'm after having. Well, don't don't. You can have a second one, but just right. remember that we are going into an after dark. Can you beat Ron? Um, uh, all Patreons at the bronzer level higher. You know who you are. Do not forget to join the show. Um, link was just sent out. Check your email. They, nobody knew this was coming. I worked on this game earlier today. Janelle's already going to be figuring out how to fact check and correct me. We know that's happening. That's yep. right, Dom. It's called a slop sink. There that's you go. What, that's what Coolio banged his head off of. And yet his hair was perfectly um, that the hair was a was a weird thing on him. That was his little um, that was his style, you know? Yeah, that was his thing. Real quick question before we wrap things up, Brian. Sure, Ron. What are you watching? Oh, I haven't watched anything this week. Uh, absolutely nothing new. I was going to try and go into the Dahmer show. But okay. I, just, um, I didn't really think it was going to be uh, uh, up my alley. So um, what I, uh, I I'm continuing I'm all caught up on The Patient on okay. Hulu with Steve Carell. I am caught up on House of Dragon okay. um, with uh, on HBO Max, HBO Plus. HBO Max. Not really sure. Okay. Um, and uh, those are the two shows that I watched this past week. All right. Um, watched a couple, uh, watched some baseball games, but really nothing uh, uh, to talk about. Ron. Yes. What are you watching? Uh, so finished uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix. Good do you show. Recommend it. I do recommend it. It is it is it is tough to watch at parts, but a a very good show. I watched the first episode of the new docu series uh, outlining the uh, the GameStop uh, stock uh, situation. Stonk. Stonk. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And since it is spooky movie time. Went out to the movie theater Friday night, first time since the pandemic started, and saw the new movie Smile. Um, oh, how was that? It was it was good. I liked it. Like it was a lot of good jump scares, decent story. I felt what the is ending. The story, if I may ask, because so uh, the only thing I know about Smile is their guerrilla advertising, where they have paid um, actors to attend public events and wear um, a Smile T-shirt while staring creepily and smiling. Yeah. So basically it's like it's like one of these curse type situations where it passes from person to person um, okay. and you know you, the the smile is what, you know, 
you can tell people are possessed or whatnot. And so the main character, this woman is a, is a, psychi- a psychologist and her patient kills herself in front of her. And so the curse is passed to her. And so she spends the movie trying to figure out, you know, how to like save her life. So okay. I would say the ending uh, was not, I wasn't a fan of the ending, but I think it was a decent movie. Um, I also now watched- the ending. The ending you said you don't like is that the reason? Is that is the reason you don't like it? Because it ends with Bill Cosby giving a young, um, impressionable young lady a uh, a warm beverage while the camera pans out, fades to black. That may be on the director's cut. It didn't make it to the theater version, so we'll have to, oh, we'll have that to get was the, the DVD the screener. for that. Yeah, yeah, the screener I saw had that. Um, I also watched uh, Black Phone with Ethan Hawke, another, I don't want to say it was a horror movie, but it was a suspense movie. How did you see that, if I may ask? Uh, It was on Peacock. Since I'm I'm an Xfinity customer, I get Peacock for free. And I know what you're asking, where's my Peacock login? Ah, they're on to you there. You have to be a Comcast customer to access Peacock through your cable box. Oh, that that is BS. Uh, but I did like uh, Black Phone, and then I was uh, I was sitting in the same room as someone that uh, was watching Hocus Pocus two today on Disney Plus, and it and is, you've not divorced her yet, and it is as bad as uh, you think it might be. Did she like it though? Uh, no, it was one of those things where at one point, like she's on her phone, I'm on her phone, and it's just playing, and I'm like. We're just trying to get through the day. Sure, sure. That sounds atrocious. So that's all I got. That's all I got. What but it was have, a, what, what do you have lined up this week, Ron? What's going on in your life? Uh, just uh, just some work. Um, we're having some people come over to look at some windows and give me some pricing to get some windows replaced. Still need to get the boiler fixed. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of work going on at, uh, at Ron and Brian headquarters here. So uh, still working on getting heat before the winter rolls in. That's important. That's yeah. What about important. yourself? What do you got going on? Uh, I've got some uh, 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 dinner with some good friends. I've got a Pixies concert on Wednesday. Uh, one of my favorite bands since uh, college, the Pixies. New album uh, just came out recently. And I will also be seeing the band uh, L7, ah. the all-female uh, uh, sludge metal group, are playing Irving Plaza. I will be attending that also with some very good friends of the show. Um, that's pretty much what I have going on. All right. Well, we also, in 20 minutes, have After Dark going on. As Brian just mentioned, a Can You Beat Ron, a surprise Can You Beat Ron. So if you have not yet gone to ronandbrianpodcast.com, go there now, click on the link, become a Patreon subscriber, join us live, try and beat me in a game of trivia. Um, other than that, I think this has been an amazing episode. I'm very Ron, happy. I, I, very pleased. First off, if I can, if I can take a moment out of the show, I know we give him a very difficult time. We bust his chops all the time, all constantly expressing displeasure. Matt Beaker, our yeah. producer, um, does not get the credit he deserves. You know, we're constantly telling him when he does wrong, constantly pointing out ways that he could be putting more of an effort into helping the show um, along. I know, you know, last week we mentioned his. Um, uh, his uh, voracious cocaine addiction yep. um, and that we were going to dedicate some money towards him. We have not given him a penny because, you know, um, but I, I do want to say thank you, Matt Beaker, for your efforts. Great um, job. Scoring tonight. an interview with the amazing Kreskin. Um, you know, what more can you say? 
Um, we really do appreciate your efforts, Matt. Thank you very much. Um, you know, we, 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 we give you a hard time, but that's because, you know, we know you're capable of greatness. We kid because we, we love. Absolutely. Speaking of love, Ron, I love you. I love everybody that is watching the show live. I love everybody that is going to be listening to it or watching it after the fact. Um, thank you very much. And uh, I'll see the Patreon subscribers in After Dark. All right. I love you too, my friend. Love our listeners. Love you too, Amazing Kreskin. Thank you for coming on board. And thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we will catch you all again next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.